The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. A Dark Ride Home. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Located on the banks of Vermilion River is Lafayette Parish, a balmy cityscape where Cajun, Creole, and French influences are celebrated. Lush and beguiling, Lafayette's culture is unlike any other, fast-moving, country-loving, and celebratory, a mix of New Orleans' specific city voice and the state of Louisiana around it. It's here that we begin the case of a Louisiana native whose death became an all-consuming Lafayette Parish mystery. Let's talk about the life and death of Mickey Shunick. Danger was the last thing on Michaela or Mickey Shunick's mind when she biked to and from her classes at the University of Louisiana. The curly-haired blonde, sociable 21-year-old was a senior majoring in anthropology with a hippie style and a smile that was welcoming to all. Aside from finishing college, she was looking forward to her 22nd birthday and her younger brother Danny Shunick's high school graduation. Mickey was incredibly close to her family, especially her younger sister Charlene, known as Charlie, and of course, her brother Danny. Mickey was also an avid horseback rider and cyclist, and was known around town riding her black and gold Schwinn bicycle through the streets of Lafayette Parish, enjoying her life in the city until May 19, 2012. On May 20, 2012, Nancy Ann Rowe, Mickey's mom, called the Lafayette Police Department to report her daughter missing. Danny Shunick's graduation was that afternoon, and Mickey just didn't show. It was definitely not like her to bail on a family event, and especially not like her to not return texts or calls. Panicked, Nancy and the Shunick family searched the route between the University of Louisiana campus and their home, hoping to find Mickey, or at least some information about her whereabouts. Mickey's missing persons case is quickly assigned to Captain Paul Moulton at the Lafayette Police Department. He went to interview the last people to see her, her college friends that she had hung out with the night before. Upon questioning, Mickey's friends say that they met up with Mickey at a local bar around 10.15 p.m. to have some drinks and listen to live music. One of those friends is Brettley Wilson, who leaves with Mickey to get some food. The two ride their bikes to Wilson's place, where they grab Wilson's car and go to a Taco Bell drive through After, they go back to Wilson's place and hang out until Mickey leaves at 1.45 a.m. According to Wilson, Mickey told him it was getting late and she had to be up for her brother's graduation party, and presumably then takes the four-mile ride from his apartment on St. Street to her home on Ambassador and Congress. Moulton finds CCTV footage of Mickey with her friends at the local bar, establishing that she had in fact hung out with them and left with her friend Brettley Wilson, 
As the last person to see her that night, Wilson is immediately suspect number one. He insists that he would never hurt his friend. Mickey had left his house on her bike that night uneventfully, and she regularly did that. Wilson also emphasizes that biking was Mickey's primary form of transportation. It didn't feel unusual that she would stay out pretty late with her friends and then bike home. Despite being scared and sad for Mickey, Moulton is still suspicious of the lanky 20-something college student. Mickey is only 5'1 and 115 pounds. It's an easy scenario to think that the two went off together, late night, maybe Wilson was interested in her romantically, she rebuffed him, and he overpowered her. Police dig deeper into their quote-unquote friendship, looking for clues. Police also turn back to local businesses to see if any other CCTV cameras have captured the footage of Mickey on May 19th. Thankfully, a string of surveillance videos from that night show several images of Mickey after the time she allegedly left Wilson's house. Using time code to put the videos together, Moulton establishes that Mickey rode her bicycle down Versailles Boulevard and St. Landry Street towards St. John Street. At 1.48 a.m., the college co-ed is still shown on her bike, crossing University Avenue onto St. Landry Street. But after that, nothing. It's the last time Mickey Shunick is seen alive. When detectives check the next logical CCTV camera in Mickey's path at Blackham Coliseum, there is no record of her riding her bike. Mickey and her bicycle are gone. As Moulton replays the hours and hours of security camera footage along her route before she disappears, he realizes something. Despite the late hour, Mickey isn't alone on her route home. A white Z71 Chevrolet is clearly trailing her in the surveillance tapes. Lafayette Police Department puts out an immediate appeal for information about that type of pickup. Now, everywhere, people are on the lookout for white Z71 Chevrolets, unfortunately a popular car on the outskirts of the parish. Many come forward saying they've seen one around, or name friends who have one. Pretty much everyone who has one is questioned, many coming in voluntarily to contribute what they can. With the Shunick family raising awareness of their missing daughter on every billboard, phone pole, and bulletin board, and online with both a website and Facebook page, the whole city is aware and contribute what they can to the search for Mickey Shunick. Meanwhile, detectives are also trying to connect Mickey Shunick's missing persons case with others in the area. One case catches Moulton's eye, the murder of 23-year-old Lisa Pate. In June 1999, Pate went missing. Three months later, her remains were found close by, about 25 miles outside of Lafayette in Church Point, Louisiana. Nobody is arrested for the murder, and the case soon grows cold. Moulton wonders, the two victims are pretty similar. Young, petite women who went missing a half-hour drive from one another. Could there be a connection? And if so, did authorities have a serial killer on their hands? Across town, Moulton looks into another potential piece of the serial killer lead. The night of Mickey's disappearance, a man named Brandon Scott Laverne drives himself to a local hospital. He's been stabbed and is bleeding profusely. He is weak and lightheaded, but says a man at a gas station attacked him with a knife when he stopped to ask for directions. Investigators look into Laverne's case, but the lead grows cold. On May 27th, two fishermen call the authorities. They've spotted Mickey's mangled black and gold Schwinn bicycle from Whiskey Bay on the Atchafalaya River, hope I'm saying that correctly, 20 miles from where she's last seen on Landry Street. The fishermen almost recycle it for scrap metal. But think twice, remembering the missing persons flyers with Mickey's face and bike posted all over the city. They immediately turn the bike into the Lafayette Police Department, who conclude that it's hers. Upon further investigation, authorities also conclude that the frame has damage on it that is consistent with being hit by a vehicle. Mickey's sister Charlie said in an interview that at that point they hadn't given up hope, 
quote, we didn't get the bad feeling in the pit of our stomachs like, oh my God, this is terrible. It was more like, oh my God, finally we found something of Mickey's. And we realized that someone definitely took her, and this was planned out. Whoever has her is thinking about these things. A few days later, police receive a tip from a woman who says her fiancé owns a white Z71 truck. While police have gotten many tips of this nature, the woman says he also returned home weirdly injured on May 19th, telling her that he had been involved in a stabbing in New Orleans. After that day, he threw away his bloody shirt and hadn't used the truck since. The man? Brandon Scott Laverne. On June 14th, 2012, Lafayette police received a strange call saying that they found a white Z71 Chevrolet truck out in Texas, burnt to a crisp. The VIN number on the truck is still identifiable, and police quickly identify it as Brandon Scott Laverne's. As investigations into Laverne become public, tips on him specifically pour in. One woman says Laverne tried to buy a truck from her. He seemed nice enough, she says, but noticed his arm was bandaged. On June 21st, employees at John R. Young Chevy in Eunice, Louisiana, say Laverne came by asking them to fully replace his truck's leather interior, but he hadn't called them back after receiving a quote. Eerily, Laverne's future father-in-law reinforces the stabbing story he tells to hospital officials, and also notices his soon-to-be son-in-law had purchased a new truck identical to the one he had before. Laverne also reportedly told his fiancé's father, I have no idea what context he said this, that, quote, I didn't know human blood smelled so bad. On that note, let's take a break. Hi. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello. How are you? Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing over there? You doing okay? Don't brag. (laughs) You've just been waiting. You're like, I can't wait till you ask us how we're doing. I'm like bursting at the seams to give you an update. Or like when you ask somebody how they're doing, when you really just want to tell them how you're doing, you're like, how are you doing? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Come on. Come on. Let me tell you about the cool thing I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. Here's me now. So that's you, not us. Well, (laughs) we're just being polite. Yeah, we have nothing to say. We're very polite. We want to say hello to anyone who's listening, spreading the good word of Ghost Town. Hello, hello. Thank you for that. We Thank appreciate you. it. Oh, I love it. Can't get enough of it, really. I can't get enough of our government. Oh, yes. I can't get enough of them. <laughs> wow. They give, they give, they give, and uh, I just want more, 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 you more. You ever just like stop and just like think about them? Uh, yeah, I do. I'm doing it right now. I do it at least <laughs> once a week. Sometimes twice. Don't ask me when. When I've run out of internet, I'm like, I want to think about the government again. Yeah. We got to say what's up to the mayors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have to. Mm-hmm. Have to. It's important. Couldn't wait to tell us about switching car insurances and saving <laughs> on that premium. You know who it is. That's Ashley Matson. Hello. 
couldn't wait for Monday at the water cooler. Tell us about the celebrity might have seen. Not even 100% sure. <laughs> Blur. Yeah. Was it Timothy Oliphant? Maybe he was tall. Okay. That's Casey Weber. And here's someone who just was bursting at the seams to tell us about a class action lawsuit they opted into. (laughs) Some cell phone, a mattress, or whatever it is. Uh uh And they got their check for 46 bucks. Nice. They got their piece of the pie. They went online and they signed the fuck up. That's Kat Jozel. Hello. And. This person could not wait, couldn't, you could see it in their face. They were just like, I cannot wait to tell you that I think you're great. Oh, plot twist. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming, did you? Not you lost all. faith in humanity. I did. And Charlie Gilbert is the one who saved it. Wow. Thank you, Charlie. And our governor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who, when she hears of this news, <laughs> politely laughs. Oh, mere mortals. <laughs> and the things that bring you joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is both very happy mm-hmm. that they get their little little second little, little thing. Nibble. Not even not even a fifteen minutes. Yeah. Maybe fifteen seconds. Yeah. Tops. Gracious. She'll she'll patiently listen. Her news? She is the news. <laughs> Our governor. Avian Noble. Noble. You want no ads, no chit-chat, bonus episodes, just the good stuff? Seven days free. Mm. You can listen and then bail. That sounds cool. Be like, I don't want to support you any more than I already am. Mm -mm. We get it. Totally. Understood. Weird if you did, but we Mm -hmm. will take it. It helps the show. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Let's get right back into it. Let's do it. Let's get right back into it. Let's go back in. We're going to... Get back to Lafayette in New Orleans in June of 2012. So at this point, the investigation into Brandon Scott Laverne is in full force, but no body has yet been found. Charlie Shunick has hope that she'll find her sister alive still, but it is growing dimmer. Quote, the odds do not seem to be in our favor, but as I've said before, until I'm standing over the casket at the funeral, there will be hope that she could possibly be out there. If he is responsible or involved in some way, she's talking about Laverne, all we want is for him to tell us where Mickey is so we can bring her home. Police are quickly zeroing in on Brandon Scott Laverne, of course. Finally, Sheila Laverne, Brandon Scott Laverne's sister, comes forward saying that her brother coached her on what she should say if police want to talk to her, attempting to persuade her to say he had been at home asleep the entire evening. Despite the mounting evidence and testimony by friends and family against him, it isn't until July 5th that investigators managed to get a warrant for Laverne's arrest. They rely on charges based on his failing to register as a sex offender for a previous crime. What crime was that, you might ask? Well, according to the Louisiana State Police Sex Offender Registry, Laverne was convicted in 2000 of oral sexual battery stemming from a 1999 incident in which he broke into a woman's house, tied her up, and forced her to perform a sex act on him. At this point, Mickey is still technically missing. However, when Laverne is pulled over in a new identical truck and search results that include Mickey Shunick are found on his phone, the Lafayette Police Department is able to book Brandon Scott Laverne for first-degree murder and kidnapping. The Shunick family is relieved that a prime suspect in their daughter's murder is apprehended and might go to prison, but they still wish they could gain closure by claiming her body. 
On July 12th, authorities from St. Landry and Lafayette parishes follow up on a tip on the whereabouts of Shunick's body, but all three potential sites turn up nothing. In a twist that nobody sees coming, a random ex-inmate from Laverne's sexual battery charge sees Laverne on the news and comes forward with new and shocking information. Not about Mickey Shunick, but about Lisa Pate. In September of 2005, the inmate and Laverne were both serving time at Phelps Correctional Center in De Quincey, and Laverne somewhat admitted to him that he had, in fact, killed Pate. The former inmate said, quote, It was somebody very serious. It was a police agency, and they came and questioned him for several hours about the murder of two or three women in the same Lafayette area. He came back several hours later and spoke to me, and he was scared to death. Quote, I said, Brandon, did you do this? A heads-up question, basically, did you do it? And instead of saying yes or no, he comes back and said, I'm not going to tell you that, or I can't tell you that. Within a day of the exchange, records show Laverne was transferred to another prison in Avalis Parish. He would spend several years there before being released early on parole. Says Tom Shunick, Mickey Shunick's dad at the time, quote, I'm not 100%, but it sure doesn't look very good, does it? I mean, this guy murdered a girl and buried her body before. It certainly looks like that's his M.O. Hopefully now, if he's being charged with something else, maybe he'll come clean and tell people where the body is. Laverne, back in custody, is refusing to cooperate and reveal Mickey's whereabouts, entering a plea of not guilty to the charges against him. In a bid to gain closure for the family, police decide to offer him a plea deal, tell them what happened on May 19th in exchange for a no-death penalty. Finally, Laverne agrees and the gruesome murder is revealed. But in doing so, it also gives Mickey's family a whole new appreciation for the strength and resilience of their young daughter. On May 19, 2012, Laverne is driving aimlessly around Lafayette, using his phone to call multiple escort services. He spots Mickey riding her bike and makes the decision to follow her. He then intentionally hits her bike with his truck, knocking her off. Laverne puts the bike into the bed of his pickup truck, and, with a gun and a knife, forces a stunned Mickey into the passenger side of his car. Mickey tries to call for help on her phone, but Laverne threatens her with a knife. In an incredible display of courage, the 21-year-old then attacks Laverne, grabs his knife, and douses him in pepper spray. She stabs him multiple times, inflicting life-threatening injuries. Laverne regains control of the knife and retaliates. After stabbing the 21-year-old multiple times, he believes she is dead. Despite her injuries, Mickey suddenly regains consciousness and once again manages to stab Laverne in the chest before he shoots her in the head, killing her instantly. Bleeding profusely, Laverne takes Mickey's body to an old cemetery in Evangeline Parish and attempts to bury her, but he is too injured. Instead, he covers her up with branches along a nearby tree line and goes home to clean up. Then he dumps her bike in Whiskey Bay and goes to a New Orleans ER. On May 20th, he goes back to Mickey's body and buries it along with the rest of her possessions. Finally, he drives his truck to Texas, where he sets it on fire in an attempt to destroy the last piece of incriminating evidence, or so he thought. On August 7th, Shunick's body is found exactly where Laverne says it would be, buried in Evangeline Parish. The Shunick family issued a statement on the Find Mickey Shunick website, saying, quote, Our world became a better place on May 21st, 1990, when Mickey came into this world. She brightened the lives of everyone she touched. She deserved a long and happy life filled with love and laughter, but unfortunately, today's news proved otherwise. Today, we begin our lives without Mickey. We have not just lost our daughter and our children have not just lost their sister, but all of us have lost a part of ourselves. Now, as we begin our healing process, we can only ask for a bit of privacy from the media and the public during this sober time. With Laverne charged and Mickey's body back with her family, 
more dangerous information services about Laverne. He's, of course, a convicted sex offender, but also a violent abuser. As part of his plea deal, Laverne also admits to the killing of Lisa Pate, whom he suffocated with a plastic bag. Brandon Scott Laverne is found guilty to the murders of Mickey Shunick and Lisa Pate and is serving two life sentences for his crimes. Shunick's sister, Charlie Shunick, said in a written statement that, quote, My sister, Mickey Shunick, was a warrior. If it wasn't for her, our community would never have been able to bring down a dangerous man that harmed multiple people. In memory of Mickey Shunick, her missing person's Facebook page is now dedicated to finding other missing people. Also, in 2013, the Lafayette City Parish Council created an eight-mile cycle memorial on the site that she was abducted. Every year, a bike ride is orchestrated in her honor. On that ride, hundreds of Lafayette residents pedal through the city's lush pines and across bridges, taking back the place the late Mickey Shunick called home. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.